Amen. Jesus is near. Everybody say, Jesus is near. We decided this series about, this is the seventh part of the series, so about seven weeks ago, and we did part one, which was Jesus is the one, and we did part two, which was Jesus is Alpha and Omega. We did part three, which was Jesus is the answer. Then after that, we did part four, which was Jesus is the light. Then we had a, a short break, then um, an interlude, just one Sunday, when we had guest ministers. Then the Sunday after that, we looked at Jesus is enough, which was preached by a very powerful woman of God. Do you, do you remember that service? Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> now, um, so after that, Jesus is there. Um, wife and I were just, you know, um, no, Jesus is enough. And so my wife and I were just, you know, sitting down and talking about the series and what God has been doing and we're blown away and we said, okay, we're now listing all the series and like, okay, only God knows what will be the next thing. And my daughter said, Jesus is near. Now, when she said Jesus is near, I had to look around. <laughs> okay. I need Jesus is near, but I mean, come on. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> Praise the name of God. So, here we are today. Of course, last week God led us to do something else. Um, so here we are today. We are looking at Jesus is near. Jesus is near. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew. We are going to look at the first chapter, a verse, the first chapter, and a verse, the twenty-eighth chapter. Jesus is near. Matthew chapter one, verse nineteen. Matthew chapter one, verse nineteen. The Word of God says, "Look." The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call his name Emmanuel. I must say Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. God is with us. Matthew 28. Sorry, Matthew 18. Verse 20. Matthew 18, 20. The, the word of God says, Jesus speaking himself. Emmanuel speaking himself, saying, and be sure of this. Be certain of this. Be sure of this. I am with you how often? Always. Even to the end of the age. We don't have to beg God to be with us. We don't have to cajole him to come along. He is here. Praise the name of the Lord. He is with us already. When Jesus was going, Jesus said, I am going, but I am coming. You know, it's only, I have a feeling that Jesus is a Nigerian. It's only Nigerians that are going and they say, I'm coming. Have you noticed, if you travel a lot, you notice that other cultures, they look at you strange. When you are going, I say, I'm coming. You are coming, but you are going. (laughs) He said, we are like Jesus. (laughs) So, Jesus was going, and he said, I am coming. I will come again to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come in and with my spirit. So, the Holy Spirit was released to us, in fact, he is known as the Spirit of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is not a presence. It's not just a presence. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not just a presence. A huge difference. You, the Holy Spirit, you, you can create a smoke presence in this place, right? You can pump smoke and you have a smoky room. But that, there's no, the smoke is not a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Of course, he carries a presence, but he is a person. And God is near means that God is with you. God is with God with God is with us. God is with you. And when God is with you, certain things happen when God is with you. If, if you open your Bible to Psalm 114, Psalm 114, God was with a group of people. 
And Psalm 114 records what happened when God was with them. It says, when Israel escaped from Egypt, when the family of Jacob left a foreign land, the land of Judah became God's sanctuary. Jesus was there. And Israel became his kingdom. The Red Sea saw them coming and hurried out of the way. The water of Jordan River turned away. Mountains skipped like rams. And hills like lambs. What's wrong, Red Sea, that made you hurry out of the way? What happened to you, Jordan, that you turned away? Why mountains did you skip like rams? Why hills did you skip like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. He turned the rock into a pool of water. Yes, a spring of water flowed from solid rock. So what did the Red Sea saw when it parted? A group of people? The presence of God. What did the mountains, what did they see when they melted? Isaiah 64 verse 1, the mountains melt as his presence. What did they see? The presence of God. When Jesus was on the donkey and he was going into Jerusalem and the people were putting down their clothes and pan fronts and all that stuff, were they putting it down for the donkey? They were putting it down for who? For Jesus. Because Jesus is near to you. is near to you. Things will begin to happen. Strange will begin to happen. That you cannot explain. But never forget, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with you. Doors will begin to open up their own accord. You begin to have wisdom that surpasses your level of understanding. You begin to operate in realms that people will be saying, how did you get here? Just tell them, Jesus is near. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus is is near. And and if if Jesus is near, then purity is key. If Jesus is near, then purity is key. Purity is key. If Jesus is near, purity is key. If the Holy Spirit is there with you, the Holy Spirit is holy. Praise the Lord. That's why they call it Holy Spirit. Because there are different kinds of spirits. In James chapter 4, verse 8, James 4, 8, the word of God says in James 4, 4 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You know, this scripture, you may think you are the one to make the first move with God. No. God has already made the move. But he's saying to you, it's your move. It's now your move. Draw close to God. When you draw close to God, he will draw close to, he will draw close to you. And immediately, he says, wash your hands, you sinners. I mean, it, it is a strange thing to talk about the gospel. We don't talk about sin. In my movie. A lot of people don't want to talk about sin these days. But you see, when you talk about God, you have to immediately talk about sin. As, as you see in scripture, and this is New Testament, because some people will say, oh, that's Old Testament. No, 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 right here. Why? Because the only thing that can separate between you and God, as much as God loves you, the only thing that can separate you from God is what? Is sin. And it says, wash your hands. In other words, you have the responsibility to do it. Wash your hands. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So what, what, does, it, what does it mean to walk in purity? Simple. Walking in purity simply means following Jesus. That's, that's all. There's no um, um, magic or, or, or complexity about it. Walking in purity simply means what? Following Jesus. Following Jesus. And James 4.4, 4, 
James 4, 4 says, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? It says, I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, it's not that God begins to hate you because you're a friend of the world. No, you make yourself an enemy of God. In other words, God is going in this direction. The world is going in this direction. God is saying, since I am going in this direction, you cannot follow the world in this direction and claim to be following me in this direction. Does that make sense? Amos 3.3 puts it this way. Hope it will be clearer. (laughs) Amos 3.3 says, Can two people work together without agreeing on their direction? My sister. Oh no, Pastor is calling me. Oh, why me? Please come. Let's clap for her. Come on. Why she's getting ready to come? Um, I always use Shegun as a guinea pig a lot of the time. So Shegun. You also come. It's just a very simple analogy. Very, very simple. And it will help us. Over here. Over here. Over here. Oh, she's shy. I forgot. So you have to take a long journey. Okay. Now, now, Shego. Shego is a married man, by the way. Okay. Now, hold his hands. Hold hands. Good. I'm not joining them in only matrimony. <laughs> now, now, let's say that Shegun chooses to go in this direction. And, sorry, what's your name? Jennifer. And Jennifer. And Jennifer chooses to go in this direction. Their hands are together. Guys, yeah, try it. Okay, I think you can go and sit down before Jennifer faints. <laughs> now, it can't work. Why? Because one is going in this direction. The other is going in that direction. That's what God is saying. Two cannot work together. If you will work with Jesus Purity is inevitable. Praise the name of the Lord. Totally inevitable. Purity is inevitable. I remember when I was in, I said before, when I was in life, I used to, I wasn't saved. And I had this group of friends. And, you know, and when I got saved, the first thing you do, of course, is just to announce to your friends that you are, you are changed. You know? And my friends, a lot of them laughed. And one of them in particular said to me, uh, but then we give him three months. We come back to the boys. Three months. They were still my friends. And they are still my friends till today. But what happened was that when I was going for Bible study, they were going to Morimi. Morimi is a female hostel. To chase babes. So what happened to our parts? Naturally. Naturally. Now, today... The, the, uh, the gang leader who was actually one that made that statement today is born again. He's saved. He, he came visiting, he stays out of the country, but he says visiting a few weeks ago and they were in my house. And today we are going together in the same direction. Now, if I had followed him and he had found Jesus, even if I get saved, the devil will tell me, follow, follow. That you are not, you know, that will just confuse you and try to make you feel worthless. God is saying to you, make the decision for me today. I am going in this direction. Praise the name of the Lord. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is near. And you see, because Jesus is near, it is difficult to sin with Jesus right beside you. Very difficult. Very what? Very difficult. 
very difficult. Very difficult to sin with Jesus right beside you. In Psalm 139, you could read the whole 1 to 12. Psalm 139, 1 to 12. It talks, the, the psalmist was saying, where can I go from your presence? If I go to the mountains, you are where? You are there. If I go to the valley, you are there. If I go to the depths of the ocean, you will be waiting for me there. If I say darkness should cover me, he says darkness and light are the same with you. There is no way you can run. God is there. Praise the name of the Lord. Say to your neighbor, Jesus is near. And sometimes, regardless of the proximity that we are with Jesus, you know, we, we still need to get his attention. You, you all, sometimes, you know, some, you know, you all know you, you may be, you may, for those of us that are married, a wife may be in the same room with a husband and may not have his attention. Is that correct? Good. Because men know how to switch off, <laughs> switch to something else. So sometimes, even though he's there, we don't have his attention. And to get his attention, what do you do? What do you do? Many times, when we want to get Jesus' attention, we may approach it by listing the things that we have done well. You, you know I pay my tithe. You know I, come, I came early to church today. The first time in the whole year. At least I came early to church. Jesus, please write it down in your attendance. I came early to church. I, you know, I love my neighbor. I feed the poor. I, and, and we list all those things. And we sometimes directly or indirectly make that a basis of getting Jesus' attention. Other people won't do that. What, but what they will do is to try and show Jesus how they love him. Oh, Jesus, you know I love you. I sacrificed a lot for you. But is this group of people, Jesus' friends, in fact, Jesus' best friends, after, apart from the disciples, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. In John 11, from verse 1, I put up the scripture, John 11, 1, the, the word of God says that Lazarus was sick. Now the man named Lazarus was sick. It was from Bethany, the village of Mary and, his sister, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother was Lazarus, now lay sick. Was the same who, now, the, the scripture is very, 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 very particular. Was the same who put perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her, with her hair. So the sisters sent an email to Jesus. Twitter. They tweeted, they tweeted Jesus. But it's in the Bible. They sent word. How do you send word today? Send an email to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. Mary, that sacrificed a life investment and broke it at the feet of Jesus. And wiped his feet with her hair. Did not say. The Mary. The Lazarus. Whose sister. Gave you all. So that mighty seed into your ministry. Jesus is sick. Did Mary do that? <laughs> Did Mary say. Oh Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm the sister of the one. That, that wiped your feet with my, with my hair. And my brother is sick. No I was reminding Jesus what she has done. She didn't do that. The word they sent was Jesus, the one you love, is sick. It's not about how much we love God. It's about how much he loves us. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so when you go to God, it's not about how much you love God. Yes, you love God. Thank God for that. But it's about how much he he loves you. Imagine you going to God. Maybe you're, you need to pay your children's school fees and the thing is not kind of balancing. And you go to God and you say, God, the one you, who you love is struggling to pay his children's school fees. Lord, 
the one that you really love, Olufemi. You know, my parents were in the spirit when they named me. He's really struggling to buy petrol in his car. I think that's a better way to pray. <laughs> you know, it's actually very comforting because you know that it is based on his love for, for you and not your love for First John chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. Because you may be saying, so does this God really love me? How much do I even really know that he loves me? First John 4, 9 to 10. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might be what? So that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So if Martha and Mary were to benchmark their love for Jesus, they would say the um, the, the, the ointment of our life savings we gave to you. When God is to benchmark his love for them, he will say, my son, my only son, I gave to you. Which one is heavier? So, where do you want to inch your request? Your works? Or his love? His love. It's not about how much we love God. It's about how much he loves us. And if you check, the closest people to Jesus, the closest people to Jesus have an overwhelming awareness of how much he loves them. Why the closest people to Jesus when he was on it? John the beloved. Remember John? John, John we say, Peter did this. John, um, James did this. And the disciple that Jesus loved did this. He always referred to himself as what? The favorite. Was he the favorite? Well, arguable. Did Jesus ever rebuke him for calling himself the favorite? No. Some people may be jealous, right? That's their problem. But John said, him whom the Lord loves. Let me tell you a secret. Make sure you don't tell anybody. Are we good? Are you ready? I'm making sure nobody's listening. This is God's favorite house. It is God's favorite house. <laughs> now listen, listen. Some people will say, who do they really think they are? That's your beeswax. This is... John didn't care what Peter felt. He took it personal. Now, listen to me. I was in a, um, like a mentorship session with Pastor Jack Aford. Pastor Jack Aford is, is like 78. He's an old man, solid man of God. And there were 44 other pastors with him. And we were all saying our names and the church that we pastor. And I, I was about three, it was about three quarter way into the, I mean, that's where I was sitting. All the, like three quarters of the pastors have introduced themselves. And it got to me and I said, oh, I'm family privileged to pastor God's favorite house in Lagos, Nigeria. And he stopped. And he says, why is your own church God's favorite house? <laughs> so all of us are we are here and go. You know the truth? Every church is actually God's favorite house. Because his children are there. And that's his favorite place. But not every church embraces that fact that they are God's favorite. Not. And if you don't embrace it, you don't walk in the reality of it. 
It's like my grandmother used to say that it is the child that lifts up his hands that experience we carry. If you enter a room, there are five children there. All of them are eyeing you. And four of them, and one of them, he says, oh, auntie, 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 which one will you carry? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. The others can be jealous. That's their business. That's their business. God has enough love to go around. But this is this is God's favorite house. This is God's favorite house. And this is God's favorite pastor. <laughs> and listen, and like I said, my parents were in the spirit when they were naming me. They named me Oluwafemi. God's, God loves me. God's favorite boy. <laughs> you know the truth? Every child of God is actually Femi, you know, because God really loves everybody. But not everybody will accept it. Not everybody will embrace it. I have just chosen to embrace it. It's not my fault that God loves me. Is it my fault? If you're angry, you're angry. That's your business. That's your business. Thank you. <laughs> now, the people closest to Jesus, like I said, they have an overwhelming awareness that he loves them. John the Beloved was the closest disciple, to be real. Apart from disciples, it was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus that were the closest to Jesus. They had an overwhelming awareness that Jesus loved them. When we're going to make a request, they made a request based on the one you love. Question to you and I, just think about it. The people that are closest to you, do they have an overwhelming awareness that you love them or they have an overwhelming awareness that you are critical of them. Think about it. If you are married, who is the closest to you here? Your spouse. How does your spouse really think about you? Does he or she really think or really have an overwhelming awareness that you love them? If they don't, we need to repent. Everywhere has gone quiet now. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. It's uncomfortable. But you need to adjust. If you're single, same thing. You have friends. Jesus was single. Because, you know, it's easy for single people to trade. Party, pity, party. Oh, we are single. Jesus was single. And he also had friends. And he could show them love. Praise the name of the Lord. The people that are closest to you, what do they feel? Do they feel an overwhelming love? Or do they feel an overwhelming criticism? What they feel is directly proportional to how close you are to Jesus. Because you cannot give what you don't have. Hurting people hurt people. If you're hurting, you're distant from Jesus. All you have is to, is to hurt. But if you are embrace the love of Jesus, you are filled with that life of Jesus, what will overflow from your life is what? Is love. Praise the name of the Lord. So when you really come close to Jesus, you are overwhelmed by his love for you. And invariably, the people around you are went by his love through you to them. A story is told of a uh, just imagine rather that you have a friend and this friend yeah you like him, he's a good friend but one day you were sitting at the table with your family having about to have a beautiful dinner. Everybody has prayed. You're about to dig in and your bell rings. And you get up. You open the door. You say, who is that? Because, I mean, you're like, come on. We're about to have some time here. Say, who is that? And you say, ah, oh boy, now me, oh. In your mind, you're like, did I invite him? 
you know, but you open the door, it's okay. Hi, you know, you know, because you are like, this is a personal moment between me and my family. And you don't want to be rude to your friend. And you're like, oh, okay, but, you know, and he says, are you not going to tell me to come in? <laughs> I'm like, okay, 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 sorry, come in, come in, come in. And, and he comes, and he sees everybody sitting at the table. Say, ah, I even met you people well. <laughs> I met you people well. <laughs> you know, and you're like, you're like, yeah, I like you, but why are you here? <laughs> and, you know, you agree that that would be an awkward moment right there. Are you here? And see, many of us, we can agree that God is with us. But we just don't understand why. Like that friend, we don't understand why. Why, why is he following me around? I was in church on Sunday. That should be okay with you, God. And the presence of God is so critical that, you know, even if you look at the an ordinary pastor, I can use that word ordinary because not because they are um, ordinary outside of God, uh, just because they are, they are ordinary outside of God. And the best man of God is a man. He's a man. Man. In your last one, last one, you know what that means. Ordinary human being that we die. Praise the Lord. No matter how anointed, we die. Your anointing can raise a dead person, but you still die. So imagine an ordinary pastor comes to your house. I've been people's houses and there's pandemonium three seconds before you enter. Why? They are clearing everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. Everything else. As you enter. And you, you know, you sit down and there's a throw pillow here, and, and you know, you are kind of resting on the throw pillow. I notice that there are things on that. You open it, dead. They've packed all the junk under the throw pillow, and they've covered it, and you pretend as if you didn't see it. That is man. I've been talking to a, to a young man, and, and the guy was just puffing, you know, smoking. I don't know if people smoking, because their problem is not the cigarettes. Their problem is the Jesus. So, you know, so I don't even I have good conversations with people drinking and smoking. I don't I don't give a damn about that. Anyway, I was speaking to this guy and you know he was you know smoking and all that. And I can't remember what we were talking about. Just a normal conversation. And somebody blew my cover. And the person was passing by. The person told me, and the person said, Ah, Pastor. I'm like, oh damn. Can't you just call me my name? At least for this evangelistic moment, you know. <laughs> So I, I greeted the guy and he wanted to come by. I said, no, 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 you should just go. In a nice way, not like this, you know. Yeah, you just go, hey, hey. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I finished showing him off. And I looked at the person I was talking to. The cigarette had disappeared. <laughs> I don't know if he swallowed it. <laughs> or he put it on his feet. I don't know what happened. But just the fact that he knew I was a pastor. He got rid of his cigarette. And that is a man. How do you think you would behave if you really knew Jesus was near? All the sins you are claiming you are struggling with will disappear. Oh, I'm just a human being. I have this temptation. God will help all of us, Sha. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it will disappear. You know why it will disappear? Jesus is watching you. Imagine if pastor will follow you around for one week. In your house, all the people you used to abuse, they will offend you. You just say, God bless you. (laughs) 
if, if, if maybe there's a lady in your office and you think, oh, I'm just tempted. My body is always shaking when, when I see this lady. My pastor is standing there. What will happen? No shaking. No shaking. Everything will be sharp. But guess what? Greater than pastor is near. Jesus is near. What empowers you to be able to live a life of purity? Jesus is near. Jesus is near. And Jesus is watching you. Jesus is what? I told the story of a in some church, not here in Jesus' name. A choir leader took a choir member who was female, leader male, to a hotel. They came out of the taxi, they looked left, they looked right, they ran into the hotel. And the girl said, Oga, we looked left, we looked right, but we didn't look up. And she says, I'm not doing it again. And she ran away. <laughs> Key thing here. There are many things that we are struggling with today that will receive instant deliverance with the full realization of the presence of Jesus beside us. Without saying a single prayer. They are the same way mountains will melt before you because of the presence of Jesus without you saying a single prayer. The same way doors will open of their own accord. The same way Purity becomes possible because Jesus is near. Praise the name of the Lord. And God is for us. Why is God with us? It's simple because God is for us. So God is with us because God is what? For us. Everyone say God is with me because God is for me. Romans 8, 31 and 32 says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Psalm 139 that I said you should read at home, verse 5. It says, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. This man was saying, there's nowhere we go. God, if I go into hell, you are there. If I go into the heavens, you are there. But says, and he now reveals to us why God was with him. He says God was with him so that God can be for him. God was with him so that God can lay his hands upon him and, and bless him. So no matter what I go through, God is with me and God is for me. Say it after me. No matter what I go through, God is with me. And God is for me. No matter what my feelings say. God is with me. And God is for me. No matter what my bank account say. God is with me. And God is for me. No matter what the people say. God is with me. And God is for me. No matter the opposition I face, God is with me. And God is for me. And He is on your side. Jesus is near because God is on your side. He says in Jeremiah 29 11, I know the plans, Jeremiah 29 11, that I have for you. They are plans of good and not of disaster. Some people, they are. Thinking of God being with them is that God has a plan of disaster for them. No, no, no. God says that I have a plan to do you good, not of disaster. Now, I'm not saying that there will be no challenges. I'm not saying that there will be no trials. Of course, there will be. But if you are aware of the presence of Jesus, you will come out of that trouble. The trouble will not kill you. A wise man said, disaster, when you go through a challenging time, it does three things for you. It can do one of three things. 
Number one, can destroy you. And I'm praying, because Jesus is with you, it will not destroy you. Number two, it can define you. You know, some people, after going through some challenges, they begin to see the world through the filter. It defines them. And I'm praying because Jesus is with you, it will not define you. Number three, it can develop you. I'm praying it will actually develop you. Psalm 34 verse 19 says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord, everyone say the Lord, Lord. delivers them from how many of them? From them all. The New Living Translation says the Lord comes to their rescue each time. Each time. The many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord comes to their rescue each time. Each time. When you have Jesus, you have everything. You have everything. No matter what you are going through, God is with you. And God is for you. No matter the pressure, God is with you. And God is for you. There's a story of a man called Haratil Spafford. Haratil Spafford was, uh, in the 19th century, um, was a lawyer and a businessman based in Chicago. Now, he was a wealthy man. He was very wealthy. He supported the church. In fact, he was a major supporter of D.L. Moody's ministry. If you know D.L. Moody, powerful man of God, he was a major supporter of his ministry. He built orphanages. In fact, he was a major supporter of the abortionist, the guys that eradicated slave trade. He was a major, even though he was white, was a major supporter of that. He did a whole lot of good things. And he had five daughters, four daughters and a son. And in 1870, his son was four, four years old. And that year was when you have, we had, or they had, the Great Chicago Fire. Some of you may have read about the Great Chicago Fire, the fire that almost cleared the whole of Chicago. And he lost everything he had because he was a real estate person. He lost everything to that fire. That same year, his four-year-old boy died, his only son. That same year. That is, can't even begin to imagine it. Two years later, he was supposed to go on a vacation with his family, his remaining five daughters, four daughters, I keep saying five, and his wife. And he couldn't go, he had to stay back, so they left. And the famous telegram, the cable came back to him from his wife, saved alone, what shall I do? Which means the ship capsized. He lost his four daughters on the same day. Only his wife escaped. And he got on the ship to go and meet his wife in Europe so that he can console her. And when he got to the spot where the ship that capsized and killed his four daughters was on, the sailor said to him, oh, it's at this very spot that that ship capsized. He was standing on the grave of his daughters. That's huge burden for anybody to bear. And, and he sat down and, and penned some things in his journal. And he said, when peace like a river attends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say and to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. 
some of us in our whole life, we may never experience one-tenth of this. And that's a good place to say amen. Some of us may, some of us may not. But it's funny how we lose a pen, just a pen. And we say to God, where are your angels? It's funny. It's funny. How someone lost, lost everything. And because Jesus is near, because of the assuring presence of the risen Christ, he could say, when peace like a river attended my way, when sorrows like seas below, whatever my lot that was like a river. speak over your soul and say it is well, it is well, it is well, it is well. It is well. 
Let's put our hands together. 